0: Welcome to Under the Fig Tree podcast with host Rev. Dr. Ben Haupt and Rev. Micah Glenn. In today's episode, Ben and Micah sit down with a special guest as they meditate under the fig tree.
1: What's up, what's up, what's up? And welcome back once again to another episode of Under the Fig Tree. I'm your host, Rev. Micah Glenn. Director of recruitment here at Concordia Seminary and of course joined by my esteemed colleague, Reverend Dr. Ben Hout. How are you, bro?
2: I'm really well. I'm I'm great, in fact, because our our guest speaker today, our guest on the show, brought a gift. So she has clear, quickly rocketed to the top guests that we've had on so far no no shame to the others but nobody else brought me cookies exactly so our our special guest i'm really excited to talk to her because she she's a baker and she she baked cookies that's Uh, fantastic
1: she has indeed uh set a high precedent like most deaconesses in the church do i would say and she's a, a longtime friend Uh, So uh, I'd like to introduce Deaconess Sarah Longmire, who graduated from Concordia University in Chicago back in 2008 uh, with dual degrees in both theology and early childhood education. Go Cougars! Uh, She also served as a geo-missionary in Bangkok, Thailand. She was called as a Deaconess to Redeemer Lutheran School in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, as a second and third grade teacher. She was then called to Trinity Lutheran in Traverse City, Michigan, as a kindergarten teacher. Excuse me, and is now called as a deaconess in early childhood and children's ministry director at Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Chesterfield, Missouri. She's also on the verge of finishing her master's degree in Lutheran Elementary Education Administration from Concordia University in Nebraska, is currently in the school leadership development program of the LCMS, and she also currently serves as the president of the Concordia Deaconess Conference and Ladies and gentlemen, our time is over. No, I'm just joking. Uh, But very accomplished uh, sister in Christ, Deaconess Sarah, good to have you with us.
0: Thank you very much. It's nice to be here.
1: Uh, So Sarah, you and I are both alum of Concordia Chicago. Now you precede me by a few years. Indeed. In like graduating from uni, not in age. Uh, We don't need to count those. Well, (laughs) anyway, uh, but but we, we go back a, a long way. So not Damn. only from Concordia, Chicago, which our time there didn't overlap, but um, at Redeemer in Oakmont, correct. my in-laws, uh, I, I know some people like to say in-loves, but that, it's just weird to me. I love my in-laws, but, but we all get it, right? It's fair. Uh, Jonathan Nauman was a pastor at Redeemer Oakmont, and Deaconess Cheryl Nauman, who we've also had on the show, yeah. uh, also served as a deaconess and teacher at Redeemer. Correct. Uh, and so one thing, uh, you know, We have deaconesses throughout the LCMS, coast-to-coast, north-to-south, all the way throughout the Midwest. And the world. Indeed. That's right. Uh, Well, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so one thing, um, you know, I don't want to say that the offices of deaconesses fall into the cracks, uh, but not everybody knows what a deaconess is. But I'm glad you're on because it's, again, one of those things that highlights the breadth uh, of the work of a deaconess. My wife, of course, Dorothy, is a deaconess. She works at a school. It's not an uncommon place to to find a deaconess. Uh, but your education certainly landed itself for you to end up, I think, in schools.
0: Yeah, actually, my entire career plan was to be the best preschool teacher you'd ever met. Mm-hmm. So I chose Concordia Chicago not knowing a thing about deaconesses or what the diaconal ministry does, Um, but for early childhood ed. They have a great Christopher Center. They have a great program. That's what I was set off to do. So off I went, um, and for two and a half years, I was rocking and rolling in that. I was going to finish early, and so I thought, maybe I'll do some mission work. Maybe I'll investigate because I was going to have a whole semester free. I was going to graduate in three and a half. Um, And then I had two different pastors, independent of one another, Say to me, you know what, Sarah? I think you'd make an amazing deaconess.
1: Both at in Chicago or both in Chicago. Okay.
0: One on actually they were both on campus at the time, okay. but two completely different settings, completely different circumstances. And I trusted them. And I certainly it made me wonder. But of course, my first question, well, what is a deaconess? What right. does that mean? <laughs> So, um, if you know me at all, you know, I like to think about things. I research things. So I investigated, I asked some questions. I talked to, um, Jenny Asher, mm-hmm. who is the program director, not currently, but she was when I was there and it just felt like this entire other part of me clicked into place. Mm-hmm. I had already been really loving studying theology. I'd been taking those as my electives anyway, and it just was amazing to me that I could do this and it's like a job. (laughs) So I was a junior and thought, okay, I'm gonna add Deaconess program. So instead of finishing early, I finished in four. I did um, a lot of summer work to catch up. So I joined the Deaconess program in a very strange way. You you don't normally join join as a a junior. But got all the work done it helped that I was studying theology anyway and was then put into that geo position post-graduation for two years right. and I worked in a daycare in a slum only speaking Thai <laughs> and I got to teach about Jesus literally every day and that was amazing it was the two parts of my heart put together children and Jesus, yeah. and getting to introduce the two, um, so that was kind of the beautiful part of the journey.
2: That's that's awesome. I I like the way you described your entry into the program. Right, you you knew that you had seen teachers. You obviously had had gone to school. You had. Uh, experienced all these teachers. I'm assuming that means probably you didn't grow up with a deaconess. You said you didn't even know what a deaconess was until college, right?
0: Correct. And in fact, both of my parents um, are retired Lutheran school teachers. Okay. So I grew up knowing the education system. I yeah. was the office helper, you know, making the copies, counting the crayons. So that that's my idea of ministry as I'm going into college.
2: Yeah. So so my question, this is this is really helpful, my question is, what would you say to, to people who maybe have gone through college and are serving in a school? Um, we know that we have a significant portion of our listeners who are women, mm-hmm. and they're maybe serving in a school teaching or something, but they're interested in theology. Is that, is that kind of where the deaconess program can meet up with um, people who are already serving out in the church?
0: Absolutely. So the really fun thing about a deaconess is, I like to say, when you've met a deaconess, you've met a deaconess. Mm -hmm. We are so varied. So what Pastor Glenn's wife does is completely different than what I do, even though we're both in a school Mm -hmm. setting. So if there are women who are interested in delving into the Bible and context and historical thinking and and um, justification and sanctification all those really amazing lutheran topics check out a grad class Um, i am here on concordia seminary i'm sure there are options for those if you are not local there are online paths for that we have another seminary in fort wayne Um, there are options for that and i guess i would encourage people as i did ask some questions and maybe you go to your pastor and if they don't know Look me up. I'm happy to answer questions.
1: Well, so here at, at CSL Concordia Seminary, we also uh I manage a, a team of deployed recruiting ambassadors and one of my team members, Deaconess Christina Paul, who we had on the show last semester, would be available and, and she desires those types of questions. Cause she was absolutely kinda of the same way if you know her story. But she was on her way to a campus not far from here to wash you to become a social worker for her desire to work and be with people. And then when she came here and found out that her desire to be with people could overlap with her faith, a deaconess is born. Um, exactly. And and so like you were saying, like, so my wife, Dorothy, a deaconess at another elementary school, her work is more in line with what I do here at the seminary. She's their director of admissions. So she does right. recruiting uh, and all that other stuff. But talking to her about her job like she always looks for those overlaps Mm -hmm. especially for families and students that are unchurched Mm -hmm. Uh, how can she bring the gospel to life in their life through her work Mm -hmm. and then through doing that hope she hopes that one day they ask her about her faith and she can direct them to church Uh, i'm always like and i i listen to how she she does that because i'm always blown away it's it's one of those things where I mean, just being genuine. A pastor, we desire to do that type of stuff, but we can get caught up in the minutia of preaching and teaching and and visiting our people, and that can consume every ounce of every single day. Big church, small church, doesn't matter. And so having somebody intentionally uh, connecting also with brothers and sisters in Christ, but also intentionally connecting with people outside of the church who is professionally trained in theology and connecting with people is just a remarkable blessing to have every church have a deaconess. I'm going to plug that in right there.
0: I agree. Because uh, what I like to, or the illustration I like to use for a deaconess, and for me personally in the role I'm in, is a bridge. I connect the community to the congregation. I And I love that. I um, int- intentionally connect overlap activities where, my preschool families and my congregation families get to meet. And that's where relationships are born. And hey, you're going to come to church because a friend invites you, right? Um, So we do a lot of that intentional work. And we're doing it in support of the Office of Pastoral Ministry. So yes, we want our pastors to be studying the word, to be diving into what they need to teach and present. Um, We want to help in getting the people in the pews and that's the gift of our relationship with the office of the pastor pastoral ministry
2: i love that i think we could we could entitle this episode what if every congregation had a deaconess exactly. that, that's a that's Mind a cool blowing. cool vision <laughs> cool vision for our for our church and because the, of the way you're talking about the office of deaconess there are so, so many diverse ways that a deaconess Absolutely. could serve a congregation. Um, it, it just kind of makes sense to me. One, one thing that I'm interested in, um, in thinking about, so you you went straight from college into the office of mm-hmm. deaconess, right? So, so you have some, some deaconesses who go, and we have the same thing in the MDiv program. Uh, some students that come straight through college, seminary, and boom, they're 26 years old or whatever, and serving as a pastor or as a as a deaconess. How many deaconesses go straight through, and how many are kind of second career where they're 40 or 50 or 60 even, and um, and they decide, hey, maybe maybe I could still serve my congregation as a as a deaconess.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I I'm sorry I don't have hard stats for you, but. There are certainly a beautiful mix of both. Um, Being able to be the president of Concordia Deaconess Conference, and I should maybe explain what that is in a minute, but that does allow me to know a lot of women's stories. And so we have this beautiful mix of women who got their undergraduate degree from Concordia, Chicago, women that got their master's degree here in St. Louis or in Fort Wayne. Uh, We even have women that are you know, working on programs in foreign churches, thanks be to God. Uh, So there's a beautiful mix and what Concordia Deaconess Conference really tries to do is to support every woman as a deaconess in the role of deaconess. So it's not so much that I'm a cougar and someone else is whatever y'all seminarians are.
1: And
2: by cougar, you mean a graduate of Concordia, Correct. Chicago, let's not, right? Let's not uh, just, get just off Just making topic sure here. that uh-huh. some, not everybody knows what a cougar uh-huh. is. So okay.
0: well.
1: I would I, Do the deaconesses here are lady preachers? Is that what they are called? Because that's, that's awkward, isn't it? <laughs> that's, so that's, our, our mascot oh. here is preachers. I'll say Fort Wayne isn't much better because it's all well, kingsmen and King's Women actually is better than... Okay. Preacher, not anyway. We don't
2: use the moniker "preachers" a lot, except for when we're talking about our basketball, basketball team, which okay. is the best basketball team of the seminaries, as far as I. We, know. I mean, but
1: numbers. Now we're really sorry, getting off
2: the.
0: Okay, sorry. Did crap. not mean to bring that up. Uh, all this to say, though, we're not so much concerned about what program women went through, right. yeah. um, and we certainly celebrate and rejoice when women come to us with a life you know we have deaconesses who may have gone through all of it straight through but now they're having a family they're being a wife and a mom and thanks be to god for that um concordia deaconess conferences for those women too and i think when you look at the diversity of deaconesses you can see the gift in that every church can use one inner city rural medical needs education we probably have a woman for that. We probably have a worker for that, and that's the gift of the office.
2: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, I think uh, you know for our listeners out there who are who maybe are uh, in a variety of different among a variety of different ages, we have a variety of different programs. So we have a residential program where we get uh, people of all ages, but sometimes. Uh, Women who are older, established in a career or uh, established in a community or something can't come to the seminary. So we have an online deaconess uh, studies program as well. So we get, we get um, kind of people from of every age coming through the, the programs of Concordia Seminary, as, as, as well as with uh, EIIT and CHS, yes. so Spanish-speaking deaconesses or uh, new Americans, immigrants, uh, can also go through those programs to become deaconesses. So lots of yeah. lots of opportunities. There. And I'm
0: working actually pretty intentionally at being able to connect with women who um, know a different language first, whether that's sign language or whether that's a different spoken language. Um, so I'm investigating how we can connect with those women too because CDC is for them as well.
1: Well, so in our a uh, previous episode with with, I, I should probably say Deaconess Cheryl Nauman. She's my mother-in-law, so it's usually just Cheryl. Yes. Uh, we, we've, we talked about, like, the history of deaconesses. I think we maybe touched a little bit on Leah. We don't need to go back that no, far. No. <laughs> uh, but we can talk about the present, because you're the current yes. uh, president of Concordia Deaconess Conference, uh, which has an annual meeting right. next summer is yes. here on our campus. Yes. Very excited for that. Uh, a couple years ago, it was in sunny SoCal. I yes. was a big fan of that. <laughs> Uh, I, I try to go whenever I can, mostly so that I can watch the kids and Dorothy can go and be with her sisters, and and not. I, the kids can go to CDC Absolutely, meetings, and, they and can. they're always there. But if she can be free and I can be, uh, not encumbered, but delighted to to be around my three for a little bit of time. Anyway, yes. I'm getting off off topic, and, and currently CDC. Yes. Uh, what are are things that are happening? Are there things that are new initiatives or anything else like that, you've talked about bringing in kind of the off, I don't want to say off-track deaconesses, but the non-traditional deaconess programs sure. into, because it, there is a lot of benefit to, and is mostly community by being a member of CDC.
0: Absolutely. Well, as someone who went about joining the deaconess program non-traditionally, I have a lot of empathy for kind of jumping into a program and not quite knowing who else is is there what resources are available so concordia deaconess conference has the goal of of giving women the opportunity to learn spiritual growth because we're often the teachers in our roles and thanks be to god for those opportunities but I'm still a theology nerd. I want to dig into something just like anyone else does. So that's what I um, always look forward to at our annual meetings or conferences. We're also, um, we're an RSO, we're also um, continually working on giving women skill brush ups like professional development. So new counseling or new listening or whatever might be happening in our congregations, we want to make sure that we're learning that too. Um, the Concordia Deaconess Conference was originally put together so that Lutheran deaconesses who had the same confessional belief, the same respect of the pastoral office, could have fellowship, could have strength in numbers, and we have over 200 women in our Membership, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, But we open...
2: Sorry to interrupt. All all of those are certified deaconesses.
0: Correct. Wow. We we open up our conferences, our meetings, our annual meetings, I should say, to students. Mm -hmm. So next year, I hope that we'll have some local students that pop in to study with us. We will have interns come. We also have a designation for women who have, have finished the program but maybe taking a break for their husband on vicarage or maybe taking a break to have children. We call them affiliates. So they're still part of our group. We still reach out. They get the same benefits. They're just not commissioned yet. It's just kind of verbiage. Um, This year, I, well, I should back up. Last year with COVID and the pandemic allowed for very unique opportunities to think outside the box. So if I can brag on Dorothy for a minute, she did such an amazing job putting together a mostly virtual but kind of in-person conference for us. And it was probably the most well-attended that we've had in my years in CDC. So we like to make sure that we are giving educational opportunities and fellowship opportunities. Um, We also... Because of COVID and because of the virtual options that kind of had to happen, we've been trying to do monthly Bible studies with our spiritual advisor. Um, so he, we do that on Zoom. It's um, Pastor Phil Hauser. He, is, Philip Hauser. He is in Minnesota, but he's also um, in the Army Reserves. So we just have to work around his uh, weeks on and weeks <laughs> off. <laughs> so we like to study together. Um, I meet with the XCOM, the executive committee, every month, and we're, our big push is always making sure we're putting together a great annual conference for our members. So that's always what's on the front lines. Mm-hmm.
2: That's awesome. I, I think uh, it, we really need community these days. Um, it's, we live in such a fractured, fragmented world, and COVID is only... Only made that worse, um, and so finding real places for a community and hearing about a, a, a sisterhood that all gathers yeah. together to study, to talk about ministry, to talk about life um, sounds really uh, like a, a compelling and necessary and important thing. Um, I'm I'm interested in just hearing a little bit about some of your experiences uh, serving as a day to day deaconess. Sure. Uh, what are what are some of the the greatest joys and maybe some of the greatest challenges uh, that you've experienced in your own uh, personal uh, time serving as a, a deaconess?
0: Sure. So at being a theology nerd, of course, teaching Bible is my favorite. Hmm. And I also, um, i my degree, my educational degree is early childhood, so I don't want to I don't want to go past third grade, frankly. So we all know God our skills you. and our limits. Exactly. Yes. Thank you.
1: Um,
0: so, especially when I was in Michigan, I was teaching kindergarten, and oh my goodness, could we have amazing conversations, uh, faith like a child, right? And just getting to to dive into tough questions and and deep thinking. And then we'd want to color, and it was fine. <laughs> uh, so it's those type of things that are just so joyful. Um, in my current call, we have a very—we're uh, blessed with a very diverse population. So we have um, students from families that are not American, um, that are not Christian. Uh, we welcome them, and they are—they know who we are, and that's okay. But I have also um, started taking some Bible teaching time, just because. I really like it. And I'm the boss now. So (laughs) no, it's just the way that the schedules work this year. But, um, and just seeing these kiddos who have not heard about Jesus before, just soak it in. Mm. It's just, it's amazing. About a year ago, uh, at Lord of Life, we also started something called family Sunday school because we looked at Sunday school and we thought, The segmented system that we grew up with is just not working. Uh, It's just we don't have the kiddos or they don't have the time or it's just it's not working. It's not future focused. So um, my pastor and I kind of brainstormed over that. And we have started something called Family Sunday School. So twice, twice a month, parents with kiddos come and learn together. And it's beautiful. We just had... Um, this past Sunday, our kind of kickoff for the school year. And we had 15 kiddos and their parents come. In August, we had 18 kiddos and their and their families come. And it's it's be, been amazing to, to, first of all, maintain connections with some preschool families that otherwise would have graduated, mm. um, to make some connections into the community that may not have otherwise been a connection, and to also start to form a little bit of... I mean, I don't want to call it a following, but a little bit of a a core group of people that are in. And they're going to come, and they're going to make sure their friends are going to come. And part of this whole Sunday school revamp was recognizing that kiddos ask questions, and they come home, and if mom and dad aren't sure about the answers, that makes everyone uncomfortable. (laughs) So why not have them come and hear the same things so that when those questions come up, oh yeah, mom and dad heard that, same thing. So they can have those conversations going, going home. That has also been a bridge to having kiddos baptized. That has been an amazing thing to see. I, um, I'm very upfront about my faith, I guess, or I wear it on my sleeve. I, we talk about the church and I'll ask parents, are your kiddos baptized? Do you have a church home? And more often than not, the answer is no, but you know, parent, parents were baptized and they know it's important and they mm. want it. They just don't really know how to go about it. And yeah. so I have three godchildren from just last year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's just those amazing things. And I don't mean to say this is my work. I'm just saying these are the opportunities that because of the role I'm in, I get to have the conversation. I get to have it. And thanks be to God for that. Mm-hmm.
2: No, that's exciting. That's exactly what I was uh, hoping to hear a little bit about. Of course, it's God's work. He, yeah. he works through it. But I love this, our Lutheran theology of God works through means. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there there isn't like in some denominations, there's kind of like, ooh, is God at work? How is God at work? Well, Lutherans kind of know how God is at work because Jesus has told us. Uh, people are going to be commissioned to go out and to proclaim the word and that's the way he's going to work. So, um, it's, it's exciting to hear about the, the fruit that is coming from your ministry. And, um, I, I, it gets me excited. Um, I think it, it's, uh, it's exactly what our listeners are listening for is maybe this is something that I could foresee, uh, doing in my life. And if somebody loves, uh, young kids that much. Oh, uh, yeah. I say, uh, by guilty. all means, I love. I love young kids. I loved my young kids uh, when they were when they were little. I'm I'm glad that they're not as young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it it takes God takes uh, all kinds of people to Amen. serve <laughs> His church. So that's
1: fantastic. My kids are all in Sarah's wheelhouse age, and so when she comes over, it's they love it and I love it because there's always. Uh, Let's make cookies moment. Oh, yes. Uh, and it gives me a little bit of time to, well, now watch football. Now the football is back on. That's Not right. that I don't do that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a good father, everybody. Yeah. But uh, exactly. I love my kids. And they're at that, again, the age where, especially my oldest, Johnny, incredibly curious. Yes. Too smart for his own good. Yes. Um, Ask deep questions, hard questions. Yes. Very frequently. And I, not to say that I don't appreciate it, but it's like, you know, waiting for that age. For me, it starts around like 10, 10, 11, 12. That's kind of like,
0: it's phasing out for me, man. So
1: (laughs) what the psychological transition that I'm best built for? So I I don't do, I don't, I'm not gonna say I don't like high schoolers. That's not the right thing I'm trying to say. Sure. But middle school age, the age that people are like, oh man, I want my hands off. That's where I, I like that weird awkwardness, but really brightness of kids, um, but yeah, again, God
0: takes all kinds cause we, to do his work. Yeah. But we were
1: talking about different gifts and different skill sets and things like that. Uh, and you've been in elementary ed, which was what you were planning to do before Correct. you were a deaconess. Yep. And we've talked about this, about other deaconesses, but I just want to highlight it again because there are deaconesses in a variety of different roles. Oh, yes. Um, aside from being a pastor, deaconesses fit. Everywhere else, when it comes to professional church work, and so I think we mentioned her before, but I, I just like to highlight her again because it's such important work. Deaconess Sandy Bauer, yes, who has been doing prison ministry for such a long time, and it, I I've never been like <clears throat> in prison ministry. Yes, I know people who have gone to jail. I visited them. I did a, a module here, and it's one of those things like if I had more spare time, like maybe when my kids get a little bit older and don't demand so much time. Maybe I'll try to become a prison chaplain more regularly, just because nobody goes to visit those guys.
0: Absolutely.
1: But but that's that's one thing. And then just you, you talked about missionary work. It just it just it just goes on and on and on. Out in Pittsburgh or near Pittsburgh, there was mm-hmm. uh, there is a Concordia home. Yep. Where I I've known deaconesses to be called. I mean, I've just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg. If you Absolutely. can give us a couple more illustrations of. Sure. Deacons, as you know, that are in kind of different roles, just to give our audience an idea that it's not this uh, kind of round hole, round peg kind of Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, obviously my wheelhouse is school, so that's what I know the best is education. But there are women who are extremely good with finances or with administration. And so you talk about some of our Lutheran – businesses or rso's that have big budgets that's a ministry that's good stewardship thanks be to god that there are women who like numbers Um, medical things i don't do well with shots but there are people that don't mind and thanks be to god they can do that with love and care disaster relief youth group again those high schoolers god bless you but it's not gonna be for me counseling having a a good Lutheran counselor who's gonna come at it with proper theology, thanks be to God. Um, education co- at all levels college, preschool, elementary, administration in schools, like I am studying to be. Um, there's probably even women that have roles that I don't even know. Translating. We have women that'll do translating, which is important because theological terminology is not quite the same as uh, society terminology so is that enough examples I think we've got yeah I a mean, lot of areas it
1: could continue but exactly Correct. there's no again there's there's I mean there there probably is a limit to some extent but you'd be surprised how long the list of different Visitation, current positions that deaconesses working is in, in hospitals
0: absolutely yeah.
1: Yep.
2: And the cool thing is it's, it's bringing a theology and a study of theology and some confidence, right, in being able to teach God's word and uh, the doctrine of Lutheran Church uh, to all of those different tasks that really is, I think, the, the exciting thing um, in in becoming a deaconess so the other thing that i'm interested in a little bit um and and maybe um i think we don't want to paint too rosy of a picture because we have talked about all the wonderful things about being being a deaconess but jesus said you're going to pick up your cross and follow me and i know as a pastor sometimes um the the office of pastor has has come with some crosses to bear some challenges and uh, those aren't things that I necessarily love. I certainly don't seek them out. Um, mm-hmm. Luther said crosses will, there will be enough crosses to seek don't you out. Don't, don't yeah. go out and, and look for any. Um, but what, what kinds of, you meet with a lot of deaconesses as the, the president of the CDC, um, Concordia Deaconess Conference, you talk with a lot of deaconesses. What are, what are some crosses that deaconesses bear? And, and maybe one way to, to frame this is, how could we pray for deaconesses uh, sure. that might go through some, some struggles?
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that uh, deaconesses as a whole struggle with is overdoing or burnout mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's uh, something we could talk about with most church workers. Um, We are usually women of service, of compassion, of empathy, and it can be hard to take the space and the time to refill before you keep giving out. Mm -hmm. Um, Some women are working... um, with children during church services or they're teaching Sunday school there, there can be times if there's not intentional theology recharge to deplete. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of women who are tired. (laughs) We're just tired. And I think that can be the same for pastors. I think the pandemic certainly highlighted those difficulties. Um, But I'm guilty of it. I will work 60 hour weeks just because there's things to do. It's not good. But I'll admit to doing it, um, and it's not to be praised. I'm not bragging. I'm. This is not good. <laughs> it's it's a way to burn out, and that's the devil's work. That's not Jesus' work. I'd say the other thing that I hear often, um, which is which is too bad, is people don't know about us. So um, the the role is not understood, and I think we as humans like things that we understand. So if we're not sure what a woman's supposed to do or how we can utilize her, we don't talk about it, we don't sort it out, and so positions get cut or too much work that's not appropriate gets allocated. There's just this uh, missing conversation, I think, that could be had about proper um, use and proper um, respect for the office. Um, I also know that because we're the best-kept secret in the synod, there could be more of us, but there's not. So people get lonely. Sure. I mean, I in northern Michigan, I had one other deaconess. <laughs> it's it just the, the fellowship or the community you're hoping for can be lacking. Some of our women out west, they're holding down whole states yeah. kind of on their own. Um, so I think that's a difficulty too. And without intentional space and time to say, yes, we support you in going to CDC. Yes. We in s- support you in, in attending a synodical convention or whatever outreach there might be. Um, women kind of languish alone and that can be yeah. hard.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and I, I think that there's an opportunity there. Um, part of, part of the, the, the work of being a Christian is helping each other to bear our burdens and carry our our crosses together, right? So um, there are some opportunities there for uh, future pastors who would be listening to this podcast, or maybe even current pastors, or uh, or even just people in the in congregations. Um, explore if you don't know a lot about a, what deaconesses are. Explore. I'm sure that uh, Concordia Deaconess Conference probably has a website that people can go to. Oh.
0: Yes, we certainly do. I have a whole PR committee, so don't you worry. I can get you whatever you need. But yeah, the idea is just um, we don't have to be treated like the unicorn in the room, right? I mean, we can be seen as a church worker and I hope better understood like a Lutheran teacher, Like, like a pastor. We just have a different position, a different connection to the office of the pastoral ministry, but... We've we've been established.
1: <laughs> and, and what is the website for the Concordia Deaconess Conference?
0: It's concordiadeaconessconference.org. dot yeah. org. Simple, pretty, simp. <laughs> pretty simple.
1: Yeah, you know, as you were talking, uh, of course, it's it's one of those things where, uh, just just mostly by nature. Uh, I and I say this, and I say it with full confidence. I grew up with three sisters and a mother, so four women regularly in my life growing up, right? But when it comes to ministry to women uh, especially in unfortunately too often people come to spiritual care at at their most broken absolutely right and so in those moments of vulnerability for for my safety for the woman's safety there has to be a respectable amount of distance Mm -hmm. which again naturally creates not a lack of trust but a lack of safe space to gain the level of trust that is really required for spiritual care. Uh, and so then when when I was a missionary in Ferguson, I dealt with a lot of uh, single mothers and single women in general. I don't want to say dealt with. I, I encountered them very frequently. And every time I when I would get to know them, I'd say, hey, by the way, I have a wife. She works for the church. She works in the church not too far from here. She actually serves this community as well. Can I connect the two of you? And then... Dorothy would do her Deaconess thing, and then once trust and all of this things is, are established, she would come back with parts and say, "This is a part of the conversation that I had with woman X, and here's ways that you can help her as a pastor and it it's just one of those door opening things where again, I'm just ill fit right for that level of ministry, but to have well, not just a wife, but a partner in ministry, even if she wasn't my wife, a, a deaconess that can open these doors, gain this level of trust and and get actually to real bottoms of things to where, again, as a pastor, I can say, oh, OK, this is a part of your life that I can help. And, and then and then as a community worker, plug in some holes as well. But it's just one of those things that no matter how friendly you think you are, no matter how skilled you think you are. Uh, I I'm, I'm I feel very confident that most pastors, if not all of us, are not as equipped and fit to do ministry to women as deaconesses are. And as we look around our congregations and we look who greases the wheels, who sets up things, who takes down things, who it, it's, it's mostly the women of our church, and it's, it's been that way for a very long time. Um, and, and those women who aren't deaconesses could also be tired. Absolutely. Could also be... Suffering from something, and, and just because of, of the way things are established, societally or not, are, are holding things in because they don't quite have that safe space to absolutely to, to share. But if your congregation had a deaconess, that might change. Maybe a, a, it could be another school teacher. There are other women who serve the church in various roles, but a, the deaconess role opens that door very naturally, I think. Absolutely. From visual experience.
0: This is where I love uh, to go back to Genesis and just think about the differences between Adam and Eve and what the picture was supposed to be like and then what the curses were. And um, yeah, as respectfully as possible, sometimes men just don't get it. And that's a sin that you struggle with. I bear things too easily. I can't compartmentalize. That's something that... I have to work on a boundary and not take, you know, sad stories home, right? Like, so there's supposed to be this beautiful symbiotic relationship between the roles of men and women, and that can be seen in the church. But we have this sin problem. (laughs) And so, yeah, there are women who fall through the cracks. There are um, pastors who want to help but don't know how. There are deaconesses that are working too much and not talking about it. It, yeah. And I guess being in the Lutheran church, though, at the end of the day, thanks be to God, we can come to the altar and we can just be reminded of whose we are. Mm-hmm. And that is the gift of living out the faith in this church in that it's all God's work. And thanks be to God, I, I get another try tomorrow. <laughs> so,
2: well, uh, paint, paint a picture for us. You were talking about this partnership Um between between men and women, and I'm thinking uh, even a little more concretely about the partnership between deaconess and pastor. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier a respect for the office of pastor. W- paint a picture for us. What does it look like when deaconess and pastor are really working well together? Uh, what does that look like during the week? How, yeah. how does a deaconess and a pastor uh, who are on a team, how do they... How do they relate to one another? What kinds of things are they uh, working on together? What kind of conversations are they having?
0: Sure. Yeah, because I am blessed with working with one of the best pastors that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. So Hmm. thanks be to God for that. Mark Bilo. Okay. Um, Yeah. So what does that look like during the week? Uh, It usually looks like me going into his office and reminding him of things because Hmm. he has sermons to write or visits to, to make or I don't know all the scope of that, but I don't need to know. Hey, we have chapel next week. All right, remind me again on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, hey, I've got a family who's interested in baptism. Great, set up an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will do the same with me. So, for example, next week we have a woman who's ha- has some questions. We're both going to go out to lunch with her just because there's that safe space of just sinful world, we need to kind of maintain with with gender. Um, it looks like collaboration in conversations. Like I had mentioned, family Sunday school. He was a big idea guy behind that. I get to implement it, and thanks be to God for that. It's recognizing our own strengths and weaknesses. He's not a details guy. I'm a details person. So that just means that um, I follow up on the big picture. And I don't have to necessarily see the big picture or worry about it right away because he's got a plan. Nine times out of ten, that plan's going to be awesome, and then I'll and I'll get it eventually. But I I'll figure out all the details along the way. It means in, um, intentionally. I I always call him pastor. Um, I am in worship. He will call me Sarah, but sometimes he'll call me deaconess just depending on the group. I'm always in my uniform at church. Um, it means talking through like last year we did a really big advent connection um so what his plans are what do i need to follow through with the preschool with my families that kind of thing so it's not and that's just that's the style we've fallen into so i guess it's just a matter of knowing the people because i would say that you've met a pastor great you've met a pastor because every call is a little bit different pastoral woman or office of pastoral ministry has so many amazing avenues through which it can be done and people are are the same but also very different you're going to talk to ranchers in iowa differently than you're going to talk to people in ferguson perhaps it's all going to come back to jesus but different conversations different approaches and so i would say that's the same with pastors and deaconesses so we don't have a set time I'm usually just in and out of his office, either getting coffee because we have a Keurig or um, reminding him of something. But it's the same with me. And I know that he has my back and I have his back. And so we're speaking well of each other. I think that's a big piece of being a team. Is Has he made me mad? Sure. Have I made him mad? Uh, no. Yes, I'm sure I have. <laughs> uh, but, you know, then I bake cookies. No. But then the idea is just... We're emulating the forgiveness that we are teaching others and that we need ourselves and we have our own rhythm. So it's just communication, I think.
2: That's fantastic. I, I tell all of our students, uh, pastoral students, that they are in team ministry no matter where they go, even if they go to what is uh, referred to as a sole pastorate where the only called worker is one pastor they're still going to be in team ministry and the quicker that uh, pastors learn how to interact with other people, how to um, rejoice that other people have different gifts yes. I, I sound very much like uh, like your, your pastor. Um, I'm kind of the big idea guy and yes. I have people on the team that are much better at implementing details yes. um, and and it's a partnership and I try not to you know mess that up too much. So,
0: and then at the end of the day you do and you repent and you forgive and you try again the next day. Um, I, well, I guess if I could just throw in a little two cents to, to what first year or second year seminarians would, could, could learn is, um, Understand what volunteers are Mm. and what it means to have volunteers that you're counting on or receiving direction from versus called workers and teammates that, um, for lack of a better understanding, are being paid the same as you're being paid, because that is a big lesson that I think all people in ministry need to understand, too.
2: That's so. excellent. You know, you mentioned um, the deaconess uniform, and I don't think that any of our our uh, deaconesses was, that we've had on have talked about the uniform.
1: Just going to bring that up because I, we I could have gone back and listened to old podcasts, but I'm I'm terrified. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> for the same reason, I don't listen to my old sermons. Okay. <laughs> That was terrible. Anyway, not the <laughs> guest, but me. Because you were talking about wearing your faith on your sleeve. You're wearing your uniform today. Dorothy actually wore her uniform today. I was like, not like taking it back, but it's like, oh, well you have your yeah. uniform on. It's nice. You wear something else on your sleeve.
0: Yes, I do. And what is that? I have a gold cross on my left arm. So in most Deaconess pictures, we're all facing left to the center. Yep. We're just trained to that. And then I have a gold Pin on the left side of my chest, um, which was given to me at my commissioning.
1: And it's always navy blue?
0: Always navy blue or navy blue and white.
1: Yep. and Because I, I remember, especially when Dorothy was either an intern or maybe still a student, uh, there, there's you can be fairly limited depending on where and how you shop for
0: Correct. uniform navy, appropriate. Maybe if it's in, you better grab a few pieces because when it's not, you're going to wear the same outfit for a while. Yeah. Yes.
2: I, so I don't even know the, the answer to this question, so I'm, I'm interested myself. Um, is the, the deaconess uniform that LCMS deaconesses wear, is that unique to the Office of Deaconess in the LCMS? Or is, because other churches do have deaconesses, um, maybe maybe have different processes of recognizing deaconesses and such, but yeah, is that so, unique? Yeah,
0: so that's actually a great question because um, you are um, just a little bit wrong. No okay. offense, but um, this uniform is unique to Concordia Deaconess Conference deaconesses. Oh, okay. So we have LCMS deaconesses who have gone through the training, could have been commissioned or not, but if they choose to not be part of CDC because it's a choice, they mm. um, They do not wear this uniform. Oh, okay. Yep. So this is solely Concordia Deaconess Conference. Got it. You may see women in a different Deaconess uniform. It's also navy, but it's usually with silver accents. Mm. And that is the Lutheran Deaconess, I think it's association, LDA. LDA. Yeah. Um, That... Deaconess Association is Mm -hmm. Pan-Lutheran. Shul Naumann could give you the entire history of um, CDC versus LDA, but that is primarily with women who did not graduate from LCMS-approved program, Mm -hmm. which is currently at the SEM, either SEM or Concordia Chicago. So I call them Deaconesses Incognito because I do know a few of them and they just, for whatever reason, are not in CDC right now. Um, We'd love for them to come back, but we are a free Lutheran entity and we do not require membership, but this is for CDC.
2: So CDC um, is the place that that gals get this uniform. Yes. It's not uh, you don't go to the local, uh, you know, clergy shirts for oh, for uh, okay. pastors. I could get a clergy shirt at the local Catholic supply store or right. online at a, a dozens of of different places probably. Right? So
0: um, also a little bit inaccurate. Um, women find navy wherever they shop. Okay. So I found this navy dress. I don't know in a store when I was visiting my grandparents up in Wisconsin. So as long as it's Navy or Navy and white, then it's good to go. Got it. The insignia and the cross are from CDC. Makes sense. So here on campus, um, Dr. Bond, Jillian, um, would... Allow women to wear navy with a silver or light blue cross that just signifies student deaconess, okay. okay? And they will not have a cross, so that again is their choice. And upon graduation and commissioning, they could um, join CDC, in which case we give them a gold one and then they're pinned. It's a kind of an official thing, so I love it, yeah.
2: Uh, Lots of people in lots of vocations have a uniform that they wear. And I know a lot more now about the
1: CDC Deaconess uniform. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good. Well, uh, I mean, uh, again, me and Sarah are friends. We could talk about the Cowboys and Packers. Recently (laughs) losing, although the Packers really got whooped. And the Cowboys were on the verge of winning, and they did win in 2016 in Lambeau Field. I did witness it in person when Brett Favre was being recognized for being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I have you're my ticket make me still. Cry. Yeah, and and by the way, okay. I also visited the church. If I mean in Green Bay, I could be wrong again. Yes. But there is an LCMS church that's kind of right at the foot of Lambeau Literally Field. Little in the shadow. Uh, wonderful so place. Uh, because mm-hmm. me and uh, a fellow classmate were pastors, they let us park for free and yes. use the toilet. I guess I don't know if I want to advertise that if they don't want to do that all the time. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but just mention that you're an LCMS pastor. It's totally. That's uh, where
0: my parents retired from that school and church.
1: Look at that. And, and another SRA, Lee Hope, did his vicarage there. <gasps> yes, he now did. Now serves in Houston, Texas. So if you're in the Houston yes. area or near around Texas district, That's right. and you're thinking about being a pastor or a deaconess, you should look up Pastor Lee Hope, who currently is a pastor at Trinity Klein.
0: Nice.
1: Look at that. Well, this has been
2: a fantastic conversation. Micah could go on about football, but (laughs) we probably should wrap this episode up. Before we get way off topic. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us, uh, teaching us, and especially for uh, talking to people about the Office of Deaconess. Really great stuff.
0: My pleasure. Thank you both for letting me be on today.
1: For sure. Always good to see you, and thanks for coming.
0: You're welcome. (laughs)